Today we're joined by modern day rock god and sex symbol, Michael Schumann. Michael, how are you? Wow. Uh, I'm better now with that introduction. The sinking sound of despair The smell of dread in the air I'm head to toe in my own fear I'm going to die and I need to cry ah. I've seen you perform a few times and obviously bar the incredible music and the fact that you hop on different instruments that gives an element of unpredictability that just kind of increases the admiration that a consumer of the performance has. When someone's doing what you do on stage, is it put on to you or do you believe it or is it an escapism from like a lack of inner self-belief? When you're kind of showing up and being that passionate in front of people you don't know, many people can't speak in a fucking office meeting. So when you're up there sweating, banging drums and just really expressing yourself, where do you think that kind of energy or ability comes from as a performer? I hate uh, oral speaking as well. Not a fan. I don't like karaoke either. Fucking hate it. Would you not do uh, karaoke if you're out in a boozer with your mates? No. Please don't. And please don't ask me. I don't even like to watch other people do karaoke. Is yeah. that because your embarrassment is heightened because you know what actual music is? Or is it just because that kind of yeah. informal expression is just uncomfortable? Yeah, that's basically it. It's just like, uh, for me, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to sing... I want to do it right. I don't want to, you know, be in some random key and and that's not my range. And then that sound that might sound like, oh, we'll just, you know, let your hair down and and you know have a good time. But I think because I'm it's so ingrained in me and 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 I've worked my whole life to kind of do this thing right. Um it's it doesn't it doesn't seem like an informal thing to me, I guess. Um and so I guess on stage too, like you know, the question you asked is um you know, I've trained for this really. Right. I mean, yeah. in some ways it's like an athlete. Um, I've trained my whole life for it. I put in the discipline and the hard work. So when I go out there, I'm like, I'm going out there to like kill it. You know, I'm going out there to put on a show when you're doing really any gig, but especially like a big gig. Um, I think you need the experience. You know, I don't think that if you're, if it's your first show and you go out, uh, in an arena that's going to go very well. Um, I think it, I think it takes experience and just feeling it like just playing over and over and over and over again. Right. I've been touring my whole life. So um, I just, I just have that. But I remember, I remember seeing Billie Eilish at Coachella her first time. And I, I was like, I watched it at home and I was like, Oh, this girl. Yeah. And she wasn't huge yet, but I remember watching and I was like, this isn't good. And not because she's not good, because I like her a lot. But I was like, she's not ready for this. And you could see how much the the label had had uh, funded the production and all the sets and everything. And it was like this big, big ordeal. But, you know, she forgot words. And it's in her doc, actually. She forgot words. She she just didn't feel right. And it was, like I said, it's not that she's not great. And it's not that she wouldn't get it. But she just didn't have enough experience to go out on that kind of big stage and do it the way she probably intended to or does intend to now. Um, so that's just kind of the deal, I think. What's it like if you're on 
that kind of uh, life path in which you are on stage and have to show up and bring energy and you've just had a shit day or things have gone against you and you're, you're just in a bad mood, do you find that the experience drags you into kind of muscle memory of performance or can it actually just hamper it and you don't give it your all? And if that does happen, do you then feel guilty because that crowd didn't get you at your best? Or what is kind of the responsibility to the fans dynamic that face-to-face musicians have? That's a thing. You know, it's, it, it tours hard. Um, every day is not okay, you know, just like any other human being. But you, uh, there's a lot of muscle memory, of course. Um, that's a big part of, of playing shows. You know, how you going to remember all those lyrics and, and all the riffs and all the detail and without muscle memory. But, um, you know, people came to see you. People paid people. This is their night. This is their night to, like, go let loose and 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 they deserve it. So, um, you know, I, I, from a young age, I heard, um, Ian Mackay from Fugazi. He said, um, you know, I play the same in front of four people or 4,000 people. And I've always taken that to heart. And I remember playing in front of four people, you know, touring, you know, at bars, playing for nobody, playing for the bartender and then playing, you know, my life kind of changing and and playing in front of thousands of people played the same exact way, the same exact way. Um, it's just a bigger stage, I guess. But um, I think that's really important. And that, that's just kind of always been my ethos. People paid to see you, so they're expecting a certain person to appear in front of them. Have you struggled with obviously having such a long career in this industry to keep in touch with yourself? I don't. I know a lot of people struggle with it. I see it. I tend to feel bad or and sometimes feel bad, but then also not have a lot of empathy for those people because but who knows who knows how they got lost. Right. Like it is a hard job and I can see how you can get lost. I just think maybe I was brought up well and raised the right way. Um, You know, maybe like once or twice I had heard a friend or maybe it was actually like an ex-girlfriend who was probably just pissed. Um who had said, you know, I lost my way or whatever, you know, and I, 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 you check yourself, right? Like you, so then I went to my best friends and I went to my family or whatever and be like, I'm good. Right. Like I'm not, I haven't changed. And they're like, no, no, no. So, but I can see how it can happen. Um, not just being out on the road and, and that, but you know, all kinds of temptations, um, can change you. Um, but I, I, I think I was raised right. I think I have a, you know, I'm not like, not too, boost my ego but i think i have my head on my shoulders and uh and you just you know also like when when i was young my dad he was in film and i would go to set sometimes and and people would be like your dad's the greatest you know and i'm sure he pissed people off too but but one thing he said was like always be nice to people right everybody everyone that you like work with and run into and like from you know, top of the line to below the line. It's like, just always be nice. And so when I'm out there, that's what I do. I just be myself, be nice to everybody, be nice to the security guards, be nice to, you know, the crew, whoever it is. Um, Cause it means a lot. And I think that's what keeps you grounded too. Right. Um, if you just continue to, to do that. Obviously in the wedding singer, when you were young. Was I? Oh, I was. Okay. I'm not from the showbiz background. Like my dad, yeah, my dad you know, he was a producer and a line producer for film, but like, he was just good at like budgeting people's money. Right. Like, you know, and, and making sure that things went right. 
Uh, so it was very like organization. Like he, he wasn't creative. He didn't write scripts or he didn't direct. So he was like kind of just making sure everything uh, was on time. And everyone who kind of gets into something that is um, abnormal, really. Yeah. Were you a teenager who was down? Like, were you in bad moods? Did you overanalyze the world? Did you feel bad about yourself and felt a release via storytelling? Or what, what do you think made you? be so young and be in bands yeah I, th- I mean i think that 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 kind of those things that you know kind of ang- any kind of like teenage angst is going to like leak into you know the kind of music that you want to do and and songs you want to write but you know I, I mean my parents made me and my sister take piano lessons when we were four years old and at seven years old nirvana and green day came out with those records and i wanted an electric guitar and that was it and i was a huge beatles fan from my dad you know and i yeah i just so as soon as i got that guitar i was just like i want to be i want to do that i want to be that and i started then man because i started a band when i was you know seven years old i was like let's go and what were you called that band when i was seven years old i remember because we made t-shirts we were called four leaf clover um <laughs> i was also seven years old but i was writing songs like immediately and when I was 11, what I think were, I they, were, were they about Keenan and Kel or like, what are the songs about when you're seven? <laughs> what were they about, man? Are you attempting to put feelings into words about like being barred from the cookie jar or is it like, what is it just nonsense <laughs> that you've kind of heard on the radio accidentally and you're kind of just repeating it? Well, I think, I mean, dude, I think at that age, I, I mean, I can't even imagine looking at a seven year old and thinking like they're going to do anything that's worthwhile really. But uh, I think those songs were probably just trying to rip off whatever, I was seeing yeah. but by that time I was like 11 and 12 and I started playing shows and clubs they were love songs because I started getting to girls right so they're love songs just like at 11 or 12 you're singing love songs in front of people yep how healthy yep. is that though for a guy going forward people are struggling to talk at 42 if you're 11 or 12 and are pouring your heart out and willing to risk that possible humiliation you've kind of guaranteed yourself something to fall back on long term so things can only get so bad You've been 11 and 12. That's when people start wanking and shit. You don't want to well, talk about that. women. I, I was doing that too, but, you know, but I was. Uh, and were the, were the sporty dudes um, taking the piss out of it? Well, no, I played because I played sports too. I mean, and I was good at sports, um, you know, and I, it was really until I was like 14 or 15. I had to make kind of make a decision like okay, I do all these things because you're that young, you do all the extracurricular activities and whatever. And you, you know, but at that, at that time I was like, I got to put everything I have and every ounce of my free time into music. So that was kind of when I, when I made a decision and was like, this is for real. This is all I want to do. You know, MBA is not going to work out for me. Um, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I went that, that, that route, but, um, you went, went, went what road? NBA, basketball? Yeah, baby. But what, you're yeah. around 6'2", are you? I'm like 6'1". I could be a guard. I could have done it. Would you still pick up the odd time down in LA or Venice Beach and start banging out? I was playing pickup games, actually, but like probably like seven years ago, I was playing a pickup game and I, I hurt my ankle pretty bad and it just hasn't been the same since. So I don't do that anymore. You have a very uh, nice level of fame as well. Very well respected, but you've kind of avoided intrusion of the life yeah i love it i mean i don't i feel bad for people that are really famous man like i don't want that um i I think it's really a really really difficult life to live and i have friends 
and people that are close to me that live those lives. And it's a motherfucker. Yeah, um, does anyone really like it when it happens? Because for some reason, every, everyone pursues it who's in those crafts. But when yeah. it happens, it, it it could not be good to be that judged on a wide scale level. It doesn't really matter who you are. It, it's yeah. I think terrible. I think you like it. I think you like it when you first feel it, and it's like, wow, this feels nice. But after a while, man, that gets old. You can't do anything. You can't you can't do the shit that you really really want to do as a human being. Um, and that sounds awful. And you don't um, own, you don't own yourself at all anymore. No, you don't, right? And exactly, and especially in the modern modern age, it's like people feel they have a right to own you and to criticize every move you make. And it's like uh, I'm a very private person. Whether or not I was granted some kind of fame, I'm just private in general. So, like, I I don't like social media. Um, I don't, I wish I didn't have to do it. It's kind of part of the business in a way when you're starting a new, you know, venture or whatever, but, um, I wish I didn't have to, and I wish I could just keep everything as private as possible. Um, so trust me, man. Yeah. The, yeah. The people that are in the, those positions, they don't love it. Um, but it, it, it is part of, it is part of the business, but, but I like the way I like the position I'm in where I can still kind of do what I want to do artistically and not have all of that, you know. Social media in particular has kind of made proper rock and roll stars who are producing great music as opposed to just chart toppers nearly shy away from it and not really be arsed anymore. Not just the fact that the, the industry is rewarding fucking TikTok viral songs and Ed Sheeran, but also due to the fact that these people are going, this kind of fame or notoriety isn't even organic anymore. It's not just the odd newspaper making up a lie. This is every day I'm on fucking Twitter. I'm just going to release an album every four years and fuck it. I don't care anymore. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for the monkeys, but, you know, they are friends of mine. And and uh, I, I, I do think they don't give a fuck about all that shit, all the social media shit. And I would think they, they prefer to stay out of the spotlight as much as possible. That, that means they're sacrificing monetary reward, really, doesn't it? Are they? Are they though? You think that playing a cool in that way gives a backdoor draw that nearly leads to more sales? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that they're about to do a stadium tour. So, what does that say? It's I, I, I'm 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 I respect the shit out of the decisions that they have made, and still like artistically, right? Like they they make art for art's yeah. sake yeah. and then still are selling out stadiums or now selling out stadiums after their mo maybe their most artistic records the last two they got in before the toxicity didn't they they got in before that the world yeah, they became did. bullshit so a lot of people are still going to those games right. to hear fucking brian storm and marty you you're right you're right but their ticket sales i think have only gone up so actually i i'm certain of it um, so that's weird, right? Um, I agree with you. I don't know how they would, if they were a brand new band today, I don't know how they would fare, but like, how do you even think Queens of the Stone Age would fare now? Because it's that difficult to break into it. And the fact that everything's so blocked from kind of popular culture, is, is there any good band who has a fucking door in now? Um, I think there are great bands. I don't think they're going to, but I think, you know, with us, with like Queens, it's like, it's just been it's it's the longevity right it's the like slow and steady um and here we are we're still doing it i don't know about a yeah a band that makes 
the music we make coming out of the gates, I have no idea. Um, I think there are great bands that are doing great, dangerous, um, risky music. Do I think they're going to have great success? Like as far as like whatever that means, like, you know, selling 20,000 tickets tonight. I doubt it. I doubt it. And it's sad. But that's just the world we live in. You're someone who has a side project, like Alex Turner has with The Last Shadow Puppets. You kind of have mini mansions as well as Queens of the Stone Age. Would the fact that the music is slightly different, would you consider the opinions of the people who inspired you in Queens of the Stone Age and worry if they thought that was good? Or what are the dynamics when you have a side project? Does it matter or is it just all rooting for each other because that's how creativity works? We're very close. Uh, you know, We're brothers and we root for each other. Um, we want everyone to do well in whatever they do um doing something different is celebrated like that but that's part of what queens is we celebrate that our fans come from all different backgrounds all different you know they like all different kinds of music you know there's you know there's punks there's metalheads there's hippies there's you know girls boys whatever you know gay straight like we we want it all um and so we love that so that's what how we feel about like the music we make and the music that the other that we make aside from queens um i think i think there's always like a little bit of like <laughs> i think when you're in a band or like even your you know there's a, just a little bit of like you know jealousy like or whatever you know yeah. like we're like you can't all get together to record a mini mansions album is there a bit of resentment because this number two for everybody? Because if it was number one for everybody, we'd take over the fucking world. Is there an energy that can get weird? It's like, never work with family and friends. Like, does it get weird? Well, like you said, I mean, but there, there is there is a business component, right? I mean, take the art aside and, and wanting to make, you know, rad art. It's like, there is business, right? So it's like, that was an issue for mini mansions. Not Queens, because Queens is my number one. It's like, I, you know... That's the band I've been in for 16 years. Um, and Even I started if Mini Mansions is, is the project that you probably have more creative involvement in than Queens. Yeah, because, but I mean, look, I mean, I, it, it's hard to explain to somebody. And usually I don't like to explain this because people have their own opinions about, like you said, how bands operate. Yeah. You know, people I'm sure have opinions about how Queens operates. Um, you know, I have a lot of say and and we respect each other, all of us, that we value each other's opinions. And when it comes to creating, when it comes to um, artistic decisions or whatever. Um, so. So. I don't feel like I'm like not getting my creative kicks you know, out in Queens, you know what I mean? I, I get it all. I, that's just the band I want to be in forever. Um, but, but there's, but I also just don't like one type of music either. Right. Like I like all kinds of shit. So that doesn't mean I'm not like getting my, my kicks out. I just want to do other stuff as well. I want to do like, I like with glue. It's like, I want to do some hip hop music. It's like, so I'm going to go do that. Like it, it's not going to exist in this band. So I'm going to go do it over here. You know what I mean? And that's just, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No one, and no one has a problem with it. Um, that's for sure. But as far as like, you know, like, like taking mini mansions, let's say, which um, it's not active anymore. That band's yeah. done. I mean, we haven't like broken up, but 
Uh, is that not just a COVID thing? Was that not just COVID fucking getting in the way and wrecking everyone's head and ruining everyone's life like it did? Surely the mansions are going to be back in 2024, 25. They kind of need to be. There's too many people who rely on it for their mental fucking stability, including me. Well, it kind of fucked up my mental stability. So, um, so I don't have any plans to do that. Um, and I'm sorry. And, uh, and maybe now, now's not the time to talk about it, but you know, it, it, like you were saying, it's like the point you brought up, it's like, it can get in the way. And so 
Whereas for me, mansions was always like, okay, when I'm done with this queen cycle, I'm ready again to have a mini mansions record in the can so that I'm ready to go and tour full cycle, yeah. full bar with mini mansions. So that you, so that there was no, there was no, you know, um, con- there's no compromise. This isn't Nolan no Liam Gallagher shit. Right. But, but, but there is a point where it's like, you know, you do need to do certain things to be successful and, and, and have a decent living, you know, being in a band. And we just really couldn't really do that with mini mansions. It just never really got there, unfortunately. Um, and it's hard for all the members involved and other people have to do other things to, to, to live. Does the player actually remember the gig? Mercury Lounge, New York in the summer of 2018, just before Mini Mansions were touring uh, mm. the next album. Yep, I remember. Would you have that in your top 10 or am I just making that up to feel better about myself? I think you're just making to feel better about yourself. But I... <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember playing I... the work? Do you remember playing the Workman's in Dublin? Yeah, of course. Would you know what that I... place is and all, yeah? Oh, yeah, man. I fucking love that place. I've, I've, I've played there once before with another band and I've also partied there multiple nights. So I know, I know that place very well. I know all the little rooms um, and the little That's maze. the beauty of that career as well. Like People visit places and people take their Polaroid pictures and think that they travel the world. But when you have to work in so many different locations, it gives you such a sense of the culture of the world. You have such a global mind if you're a touring musician. What a I job. What I agree. Job. Yeah, man, it's the best. Like, it's the best. And I, that's why I still love touring. I don't. I don't take photos. I'm really bad at photos, so I don't. You just and live like, and just kind of know you're gonna die one day, and fuck it. Who needs photos? What a life. That's yeah, man. I don't because like, what are you gonna do? You I, I, at least I don't do it. I don't sit back and look through all my photos and be like, you know, this was a good one, and this is yeah. great. It's just, it just fills up my phone space. You know, it's just like I, I just I I got the memories in my head, and the the good ones will stick, and the other ones. Fuck them because there's too many memories to keep anyway. So uh, that's the way I always live. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but that's just the way I am. Incredible. Well, especially now, like in the in, like exist. Yeah, especially now where everyone is taking photos of every fucking thing. Like it's just like every meal, every like I, I how why who cares who cares? It's just like it's too much, man. It's too much. The peak of ownership. I'm going to knock into a city and I'm going to express myself on stage, not give a fuck, not really have any association with the crowd. I don't know them personally, so their judgment isn't that important. I come in with my friends, rock out, sing tunes that I wrote myself, and then leave. The one problem is, are the hangovers not a lot to take in? Especially when you're doing something that is so kind of unique uh, and judgment of um, yourself is something that's quite important to continue to do it. What's it like when you kind of have to go on the session again? Because when you're at a mini mansions or a Queens of the Stone Age gig, it's your night off. Most of these people are going on a Friday and it's their night to drink. And they just assume that you're the leaders of the party because they're associating you with escapism. Sometimes you just do those gigs and go home to your hotel and order porn. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or do you go Sometimes on a piss every night? Like, is it, is the rock and roll life kind of overrated? Is there some nights you just go with a sore throat? I'm going to bed, and that's immensely disappointing to the fan base. <laughs> uh, sorry to disappoint, but I mean, to be honest, I for the most part like to go out after, and but it could be like backstage, like you know, we have friends all over the world, so like you know, let's just say we're in Amsterdam. We got a lot of close friends there. Yeah, just so, made wow. in Amsterdam. Yeah. What a I'm ha- Yeah, and I'm happy and I'm happy just to sit back there and have drinks with them 
And are, are drugs still as active in the rock communities that were back in the no? It's the finance guys are on drugs now. The accountants are cokeheads now. Like you're not fucking dropping acid in Amsterdam after gigs. What's the point in doing it? I know a lot of people that do. Why do performers who are doing something that is kind of so true to themselves need the high of drugs? I associate drugs with people who are kind of escaping their reality. The reason the history of of why uh, musicians tend to uh, do a lot of drugs or end up being drug addicts is because you're getting the best high in the world when you're on stage. And what do you do after that? Yeah. What do you do after? Like you said, do you go do you go back to your hotel and sit there by yourself and watch TV? I mean, some nights, yeah, you have to because you're just burnt the fuck out. But but a lot of people do that because you need to keep that high going. How do you do it? And the really the only other way is probably drugs and sex. And that's why it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I I, I don't necessarily think that's the way you have to live. I'm not I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying like that's it, that's the end all be all, but I'm just saying that is the like biological answer for it the thing about sex is so interesting because it's like rock and roll stars are famous because they point out human hypocrisy and the inner conflict they're saying what we all think and a lot of that's about love but they kind of have more meaningless sex that is so loveless than any other form of society what's that like to compute because rock and roll stars clearly especially lyricists are so aware of the purpose of um feeling that someone's there for you or that they understand you intellectually do rock and roll stars enjoy those one night stands when the groupie's kind of there and you know listen she looks great as you said i need to match the high so you bring her back do they enjoy it or does it just get tiring probably a lot of the lyrics that are about love and stuff is 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 probably the desire to want that and have had it at one point but your life as a musician um is kind of the polar opposite of of the ease of, of getting that kind of relationship. Right. So yeah. you're like, I want a relationship. I want to be in love. I want to be with a partner, but my life um, doesn't line up with that. And so there's you an still immense selfishness about... in a way, isn't there? There's the, like to any of kind course. of songwriter, performer, comic film writer, selfish, narcissistic bastards who put their pain on paper ahead of literally letting people in to really know who they are. Well, what would you, would you rather have, uh, would you rather all the songs go away from these narcissists? No. Listen, I'm talking into a microphone, talking absolute shit. There's obviously something wrong with me as well. I think there's a lot of things wrong with you, but I mean, yeah. we don't have to get into that right now. Huge amount. Yeah. But it's a control thing. It is my ability to express my pain gives me an element of control over my emotions, and I don't trust anyone else to have them like my granny and granddad did when they were trying to make ends meet and they valued the milk, eggs, and bread ahead of everything else. <laughs> That's correct. It's a tough thing to navigate. I'll tell you that much. You know, it's like um, I've been in and out of relationships and some people, I think you have to find somebody that that is okay or at least understands or is in the same world that can understand the life that you live. Um, it is it is a selfish life, but like, I don't know. I think I've, I've always kind of been like, it's your life, man. It's like you only got one life and it's yours. So don't be a people pleaser. Don't, you know, obviously take care of your friends, take care of people, take care of like the fans and all that shit. But it's like, it's yours, man. Like do what you want and make sure that you're happy in whatever you're doing. Um, I hope you don't go down like, you know, uh, a hole and like get sucked into like, you know, 
being an addict and and having no control of yourself um and kind of pissing away all your the people around you but but also do what you want like whatever it is uh i'm a big proponent of that and that that does sound selfish but it's like when people are like you know why don't i have kids it's like well, that's fucked up you should you should have kids everyone should have kids like yeah why don't i don't and that's okay like everyone should do what whatever they want to do Do you want to have kids or are you too too into the whole i've committed to this life now and it's actually not it's just not suitable well i've been back and forth about it um you know my parents are still together and 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 i i i see that that's like my role model as far as the relationship goes and it's a very loving relationship so so i have a great model for that um i don't know if i want kids i i, I think for me it's like it's it's once you have the right partner because i've been with people that i've been like okay i would have kids with you because because I just, because I want more, I want everything out of this relationship. And that includes like creating something together. Um, so I, I, I see that, but I have, I have no, I got nothing in the oven right now. And uh, I, I don't know if I will. The kind of loneliness of life is really at the heart of all of this, isn't it? It's kind of the, the real knowledge that we came in alone, we go out alone. And obviously we yeah. all have our fucking bad moments of, are we good enough? Are we maximizing our potential? Am I loved? But do you ever get that real, real dark thought about death? And it might not creep up often, but it might just, you might just lose one night's sleep a fucking year over it where you just go, what is the fucking point of anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I'm not like, I don't sit there and stew over death. I'm not like, mm. I'm not really scared of it. I, no, we I think, know that. I think, the, the once a year thing, though. Do, do you ever get that level of yeah, panic? Sure, you know, man. you really go into sure. it and you kind of think, but it is actual nothingness. So nothing matters. Even the great Michael Jackson didn't matter. Hitler didn't matter. It's all going to be wiped. This is when, when the brain goes there and then you've no option but to retreat from that thought process because there is actually no point to going on. Do you get there ever? Yes. And I, I actually, I kind of live that way. Um, I, I don't, I don't think much matters. I don't think we're, we're not important. No. Um, and unbelievably unimportant. And uh, yeah. So that, that when someone is self-important and, and they show it, it's, that's what's, it's fucking hysterical to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I that's why I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. And that's how I live. Like I have no fucking idea. Um, so, you know, I still smoke a bit. Should I be smoking? No. But like, dude, I don't think I'm going to die from lung cancer. I might, but mm. I bet I, I die some other way. Or I guess no, I can see that. I can see that Wikipedia saying 72 lung cancer. That's probably like, do you know what I mean? Rock and roll stars don't die in their sleep at 90. Not a lot of them. No, but yeah, I might 72. die. I might die at 50. I might die at 50 from pancreatic cancer and had nothing to do with smoking. So I don't see it. You just, you don't look like one of them. <laughs> I hope not, but you know, you just don't know. You just don't know. I, I have, I've had a lot of friends close to me that were way too young die recently, and I'm just like, what? Why? Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Doesn't matter if you're good, bad, what you did. If you, you know, if you didn't smoke a day in your life, didn't have a drink in your life, it just doesn't matter, man. You don't know how you're gonna go, and uh, so don't, so don't. Everything in moderation is is what my grandfather said, and it's the way I live my life. And I, I'll preach it till the day I die. It's like everything in moderation. You know, go for it. Enjoy yourself. Whatever it is. There's one thing know. that's disappointing as well to the audience. 
who kind of really like to think that, yeah, the way you're thinking now is kind of what represents the music and people feel free, nothing matters, fuck everything. But when you're kind of all wearing those suits and looking a million quid age 34, it's not just your metabolism holding up. You fuckers are lifting weights. You're training. <laughs> you're training. And we never see that footage. We never see you or Alex Turner doing fucking shoulder press. <laughs> you want to? Yes. Honesty. <laughs> the label never sells you on a cross trainer. You're 100% working out. All you are, you couldn't look that good. But you just don't, don't associate yourself with such a mundane activity that is lifting up metal and putting it down because you don't want to seem like a fucking NFL star, Neanderthal fucker. You want to <laughs> seem like an intellectual creative who's just this sexy naturally and fucking attracts these fabulous-looking women without working out. It's a lie. How often do you train? Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, to be fair, there are... I, even though I don't like my like my musicians and rock stars super buff and watching them lift, I like them looking look at, like, Rory look, at like look, at, look at fucking look at look at Rollins and look at like Danzig. It's like look at those those look at the myths. those guys were fucking ripped. You and, know they're and, working. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers look like WWE fucking stars. Edge and Christian up there. Sure, sure. To be fair, man, I didn't really start like really actually like taking care of and like really really working out or whatever until later on i mean i'm only 37 but until later on really what it is is when i noticed i was in the best shape or whatever is when i'm on tour because i'm sweating and throwing my body around and doing that for two hours every night you go to the gym and drink kale juice like every other la piece of shit on our computer (laughs) um i don't go to the gym but i do work out um what do you do what's what's what do you just squat in your bedroom or what do you do no I do shit. Um, press ups. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, yeah. Press ups. I do the. I do basic shit. Um, I don't get really in depth, but I do. I, look, I take care of. My, that's why everything in moderation. Like, I have a lot of vices, and then I do a lot of shit that, um, that kind of in my mind, at least, I don't know if it's actually happening, evens it out, right? So, like, I don't eat meat anymore. I stopped eating meat like five years ago. It actually, has nothing to do with health, or um moral reasons um but so, for what, example I don't, what was the what reason was it? i just um i was watching there's this like news show that's very uh adult um called 60 minutes in the states and i was at my folks house and i was watching and there was this segment about these two um two women who have this very progressive farm in the northwest and it was like it was a positive segment right and they're walking around they're giving a tour of the farm and they go to this cow and they're like this is our cow uh denise and she's a lovely girl and blah 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 and i'm sitting there they're petting this cow Mm. and knowing that that thing is gonna get slaughtered at some point and they're gonna eat that and i'm sitting next to my dog petting her and I'm just like, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, so it, mor- just... it is moral reasons, yeah. But it wasn't moral. It they was decided just... to give the cow a human name, so you stopped going to In and Out. Yeah, I and I actually I still go to In and Out. I just get a grilled cheese, by the way. But I, but it was is more like I just couldn't not see it as flesh anymore. Um, that's really the reason. I loved meat. I was a big meat eater. Um, I think it tastes great. I, uh, I love the dishes that I used to have. But I could, I cannot see it as 
not flesh. So that's anymore. what that's what kind of it, it quitting meat's kind of important at the 32 33 point. It kind of does slow down the aging process not consuming meat and it kind of keeps you young and fresh. Yeah, I mean once yeah, I agree and once you start going through the, all the reasons not to eat meat, it makes perfect sense. Um I don't miss it I don't miss it at all. Um and I just think it's disgusting at this point. But what do you what do you eat, what do you eat for dinner like roasted cauliflower and tofu and all? I like cauliflower. Um, I think I'm going to have some salmon tonight. I eat fish. Um, do you know what look, I don't I, understand? I don't understand these vegans who do cocaine because why does a Colombian child who was forced into forced labor in order for us to consume things up our nose, uh, why are they less important than a cow? I, I, I agree with you. And that's the thing that like you got to choose. You got to choose. Everyone has their own outlook and, and the things they choose to indulge in or kill or take advantage of, or whatever it is, like, you're not going to be perfect. And I do eat fish, right? And yeah. so someone's going to judge me and be like, well, blah, 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 you know, like, well, you know what they do with fish and these kinds of fish? And are they, they live farmed? underwater. They do not matter. Air kills I, them. They couldn't be less relatable. I agree. But, you know, but that's just my opinion. And I, and I see the other side. I listen to a lot of, like, podcasts and a lot of um, experts talking about, uh the reasons why I shouldn't eat fish, but you know what? I stopped eating meat. I like fish. I can't stop eating sushi and I really like cheese pizza. So I'm not going to be a vegan. Um, right, so, that's, so, just, that's just my outlook. I don't so know. You're, you're in Queens of the stone age. You rock out with your cock out on a regular basis. What I'm asking is when you're walking through LA and you see people giving homeless people $20 and filling it for TikTok, and what that city's becoming and what it's starting to represent, how don't you buy an AK-47 in the shop and why haven't we seen your face in the fucking news for a mass shooting yet? <laughs> starting to get on your tits in, in, in a serious way. Is it not like, are you not just walking out of your house going for a coffee in Hollywood and seeing 14 versions of wannabe fucking Jake Balls and thinking... Not just rock and roll is dead. Society's gone. I might take a rope to Runyon Canyon now. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I've never actually been to Runyon Canyon, so um, I, I don't feel like murdering any of those people. No, but you get what I mean? Is the culture kind of starting to make you sick around there? Because it is the hub that kind of does. You're saying, but but you're also generalizing Los Angeles, right? Like. Los Angeles is a huge fucking place. It only pops up on our screens. That's all we know LA as, a place that represents right. creativity. So if you have the fucking Grand Theft Autos and the fun and the great movies and the great bands of the past, when it starts to come onto your screen due to TikTok, you start to go, what's happening to LA? I think you're partially right. I think that you can, when you live in Los Angeles, at least, you know, I was born and raised here. So I feel like you can choose the Los Angeles that you want to live in. It's so big. There's so many things to do. There's so many pockets. There's so many, you know, like scenes. If you want to do this, you can do that. If you want to be around these people, you can do that. It's like, so I don't really, I would never generalize Los Angeles. Do I think there's a lot of fucking bullshit in this city? Yes. But I also think it's all around the world. And I don't, so I don't really like, I don't think it's our city. Did um, you ever consider moving to a Tennessee or an Austin or somewhere like that where you could just really be around? But what what makes I don't what makes what makes Nashville and my friends that live in Nashville and I love I love cities in Texas and I love some parts of Nashville. But what makes to you what makes those cities more creative? As an outsider, I'd associate them with being more from the heart. 
there is less room for bullshit, lower population, and more about actually getting to business. There's a lot of bands in Nashville, a lot of bands in Austin who go nowhere, who were just unbelievable playing the fucking steel finger on stage. It feels like there's so many more places that invites people who want to do nothing but express themselves. In LA, as an outsider, it seems to me that everybody is seeking fame. Yeah, but no, but you're, here's the problem, is that... David you, Beckham signed for LA Galaxy. Do you know what I correct. mean? Correct. I'm about to explain the problem. If you would let me finish... Let's not fall uh, out. We're too long into this. <laughs> um, but uh, I, the most common thing that I hear is someone goes, where are you from? And I go, I'm from here. And they go, from Los Angeles? And I go, yeah. And they go, I've never met anyone actually from Los Angeles. I go, well, isn't that funny? I don't know what to tell you, but that's where I'm from. So most people that you meet in Los Angeles are transients, right? So they do come here and they probably are full of shit and they, all they want is fame and they, and they come to seek it here. Mm -hmm. and do anything for it. Yeah, well, Los look, Angeles invented putting your ass on Instagram as an art form. There is chicks out there mooning us, Bart Simpsoning the bastard, and getting paid for it. Yeah, and I think you're, I think you're correct. But my point is, is that again, you like, I think Los Angeles as a city, you know, as, when it comes just to the weather, man, just like waking up and being like happy and and living in this kind of climate is worth it. So I'm a homebody for the most part, and when I go out. I go out with my friends that I grew up with since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So we all grew up in Los Angeles. So I'm going to the places that I've loved my whole life that are the heart of Los Angeles and the people that are from Los Angeles. So to me, not much has changed within my circle, right? And the way I live. Um, do, but yes, do I think that Los Angeles is full of transients that are not using the city in the right way and are coming for unrealistic expectations and kind of turning it into what you think is like, yes, like basically like an Instagram filter. Yes. But that's not the way, that's not the way I live in Los Angeles. And that's not how I see my hometown. We, we talk about the new music with glue. Yes. My demons night shift. Listen to the songs. It's an interesting genre for you to move into. Obviously been from such a rock heavy background. Why did that occur? I'm still terrible on my demons. And if you say that, would you please not fuck them up? You still fuck with all my demons And if I'm dreaming Would you please not wake me up Out, so I locked out and I blocked out the memories of me passed out with my pants down and my cock out. Still feeling spacey, space cowboy to my Casey. Give it a Gretzky shot, you know I got the shame that William H. Macy. The topic may seem racy, but I think somebody lays me. Try to break me, maybe rape me, probably wanna have my baby. I thought the dude had a face like Kevin Spacey in a house that caused me fall apart, but I don't let it fade. Straight my head with a bag tag, new name, hell in a handbag. Like walking to party with a backpack, but hold up, let me backtrack. These when I was a baby, no control, it all seems hazy. If I told my mom it all went wrong, she'd probably say I'm crazy. I'm still tired with all my demons, and if you see them, would you please not fuck them up? Not wake me up. 
a family church of an addict No stick shift, it's automatic My past was somewhat tragic And now I need a bad bitch or an actress Keep some cash under my mattress Case who gets stuck like a lit traffic I always go for the win like the Lakers Fuck up the Mavericks And you can suck all the dicks I'm all fundamentals, not for the tricks I'm such a fanatic Got LeBron schematics in my attic Got a few bad habits But I can't bring myself to quit As we fade to black, my heart attack Oh fuck, said you could be rapping I'm still, I'm still Yeah, I, I mean, the reason to do this was just to do something else. I mean, it, it, I hate saying it. It's a cliche, but it came from the pandemic. I had nothing to do. It's by myself. And I was working on music, but I didn't know really what exactly what I wanted to do. And My Demons was the first song I, I did. And uh, I always thought, I always wanted to kind of flow or rap or whatever. And I thought, well, no one's watching, so... I guess now is the time to, to give it a shot. And, and, uh, it worked. And I felt really, I felt like it was real. I felt very authentic. I found my voice in that, which actually is literally just my voice, like not putting on a, an act and just kind of basically like spitting the words that you wrote, um, in your true so, voice. So, so you think they're more, when you say not putting on an act, do you think that there was more of an act in the previous kind of projects you've been involved in that was more performative than there is in glue? I think with mini mansions, a lot of the lyrics I wrote were uh, fantastical or big, you know, metaphorical, metaphoric masks over what I really want to say. You know, not maybe until the last mini mansions record did I really, really start uh, being vulnerable. Um, and I, I didn't even quite get there. So I think with the glue, I finally had the chance because I had to write so many lyrics. Because there's, you know, when you're when you're doing something so rhythmic you got to, and there's so much space to fill up. Yeah. Um, I ended up having to write so much. And so then it was like, it was actually like really freeing. Cause you could just like spit out ex all the things that you want to say. And, and just being at my age and all the shit I've done, I'm just very confident in who I am. Um, not, 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 not confidence. Like it's oozing out of me every day of my life, you know, but like, I'm just saying, I know who I am. 
and I'm not really afraid to to let people know who I am anymore, where I was, you know, when I was younger. And so I think that's why this to me is the most honest thing I've ever done. Um, because of that, just no, 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 no masks up, no nothing, man. Just like it's just me. And just, uh, just when it comes to the actual creation of the song, let's say my demons, is it just yeah. like a beat playing that you wrote in a studio and you go with lyrics prepared, or do you say into the microphone, "I still fuck with all my demons," and you go from there? How do you find that lyrics come to you? Well, lyrics have always been the last thing for me. It, I've always hated lyrics. So this even, was why even also, after you hum yeah. the melody first, or do you sing words that won't go into it? Or what, what do you do? Yeah, I usually have them. I, I usually have a melody first. So like for demons, at least like, you know, I had that, that piano chord progression. And, and so I had that kind of melodic thing, da, 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 you yeah. know, the whole, that whole progression. And, and then um, you just start, really quickly shit you just start humming and shit comes quickly and you're like okay that's good i like that and then once you have a melody that you feel really confident about that's when i start there are like words you know i heard like keith richards talk about this too and jagger it's like like a lot of for them was like if you're going if you're it's um what's the word it's like whatever syllables or whatever fits that feels right use that and then and then make sure the words are real but that fit that like that form that feels right to coming out of your mouth where's it happen are you on, your, are you on a night out are you in a bar and you're kind of distracted because you're writing lyrics and then you're kind of with the woman you love and you go i'm commenting on that part of her character in this tune tomorrow and you jot it down on your iphone notes literally all of it man literally all of it like i'll be i'll be i remember i was like you leave a bar and you're like walk into your car or whatever and it's like you know whatever it is and you're like oh shit that's great remember that well now you got phones you can voice memo shit and go home and do that or it might be a, like a lyric or it might be something that you read on a wall um or it might just be a beat that you're feeling or whatever it is yeah I'll, I'll, i do it everywhere man i do it sitting on the couch i do it driving my car um and that's anywhere. what's so beautiful about music then so you say something you experience and feel and then people attribute it to themselves what a fascinating thing to sell we're all tradesmen really everyone's selling something and you're selling your personal experiences for other people to attribute it to their own lives because that's why people love music you're like right if I, if I listen to the yeah. song freak out by many mansions yeah. am i wrong in saying that facing the crowd talking too loud all that shit is kind of you transitioning into the front man and it's this kind of self-deprecative thing about freaking out. Yeah, it's it's about anxiety of like, yeah. But you've taken like, up this new role that is such a bigger statement than that you've done before. Although you'd obviously done great bass, play great drums. This was this tour, the 2015 album. I'm going to slam the drum, sing in your face, and I'm about to freak out. It's kind of what I gathered from that is it was like a breakout of your character into a new character musically. And that's why it seems so fucking real. And it nearly then made the audience feel comfortable and freaking out themselves. It nearly glorifies it. It's like the way music glorifies heartbreak. If you can glorify negative things in people's lives, that's what makes great music that you nearly feel comfortable in being a freak. You feel comfortable in having fucking breakdowns in freaking out in not having any emotions. That's, that's the fucking product. And that's what's been taken out by Ed Sheeran just telling us he fancies a fucking Galway girl. And this bollocks. There's no connectivity with it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that I think I think the reason that 
at least the songs I write or the songs that I like work is because those, unless it's a very, very, very specific experience, um, we all share common, we all share the same shit, man. We all go through the same shit. Everybody does. We all do. So like freak out, for example, it's, I mean, yes, it kind of has something to do with that, but it's also just about social anxiety and like, and which we all have. We all fucking have that in some way or another. Um, it comes up. And I think that's that's why music works so well. It's, that's why it is so universal. Um, it, 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 we all, ha- as humans, we all have the same, the same fucking feelings, the same experiences, the same insecurities. Um, they might... They might show up differently, but it's yeah, all the so, same. Some man. of you just end up being Donald Trump, and you—that's diagnosed narcissism, though. I mean, that's that's a whole different thing. But it still stems from the same categories. He was once a child. Everyone was once a child. Yeah, and his parents probably did a horrible job. Yeah, but at what and... point do we become diagnosed? I'm pretty sure everyone, if someone who is skilled is sent in, can give someone a fucking hug and tell them to stop. Yeah, yeah. someone could have spoke to fucking Hitler. Someone should have shown them the Great Pretenders record. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, it, it, I think a lot of it. I mean, it, it's nature versus nurture, right? I don't, and I'm not really sure which is which is greater. I don't. I, it's it's sometimes hard for me to decipher, um, because I know a lot of people that had rough, you know, childhoods, awful, and have turned out to be the best people in the world. And I know people that have come from great childhoods that are pieces of shit. So, um, how do how do you how do you know how do you decipher that one? Those years are so important, though. The the kind of characteristics that are put into you by your need to defend whatever you're up against in childhood they're very hard to shake off. They do stay with you. They sure do. And I mean, that's that's little. I mean, that's what my demons is about, right? That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. So, uh, and it, they show they show up in different ways. Um. And hopefully you 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 know how to navigate it the right way and don't let it see too deep into your other relationships. Um, but they're there, they're there forever, man. They're there forever, they're not going away. Um, but I am I'm also I'm also a big, you know, advocate of therapy. And you know, I think I think everyone, you know, at some point should give it a shot. Uh might not work for everybody, but I think it's good. What do you make of weed as a as a tool for self discovery? Um, I think it's I think it's a good one. Uh, you know, I, I've I still smoke weed. I you know not like not like I did when I was fifteen, but um, I, I think it's I think it's a great drug. Uh, and every time, like I kind of like if I don't smoke or, or I'm kind of like a one hit at night kind of guy now, yeah. where I used to be just a giant stoner. Um, but I, I remember, I always forget, I'm like, this is a great drug and this is why it should have been legal a long time ago. It, it, it is a great drug. There's nothing really bad about it. I mean, unless, unless you get really lazy, I guess, but. Or unless you're I, in the wrong kind of life, that is, um, like if you've already decided to admit defeat and you're going mm. to kill off the part of you that, you know, it mm. produces your brilliance and you've yeah. decided that and you're with the wrong woman, you're in the wrong job, the weed's just going to make you paranoid. But if you've yeah. made a decision that you know who you are and I'm afraid to show it, but I know that this part of who I am is what I'm going to need to rely on to fucking live, then weed's obviously going to help you along the way. And yeah. even though you might be a year away from an album where you know I've toured this now, 
What's a day off like for a guy who's relying on his own mind for money? Does it ever come in an inconvenient time where you go, I have that record out now, but I'm, I'm smoking a joint, I'm getting these thoughts now, I'm going to get to work on a future project. Like, does kind of laziness and the kind of anti-productivity come at strange times because you're so self-reliant on your thoughts for your job? It's a great question. I, I think... Like, do you go records out and go to the beach? Or is it accidentally, because the records no. out, I'm feeling good, good about myself, I'm getting new ideas now? Yeah, no, I'm 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 a workaholic, so it's like I, I I try to work every day. So if it's like records out, I'm like, great, records out. Now what are we doing to get more people to listen to it? Or uh, maybe after this record, we should put out another single, so I should better get writing. Or I better get back in the studio. Um, that's how my mind works. I I kind of go to work every day. Now, especially like being home, touring's hard. Because everyone says they're going to write on tour. I got so much time. I'm in my hotel room. I'm in. I'm backstage. I got hours. But it's really, really hard to write and and create on tour. So when I'm home, I have a studio at my house, and I like to to go go to work. And I think I don't think that you're going to create something amazing every day. Um, and a lot of days, it's nothing, or, or you're stuck, or whatever. But if you do it every day somewhat and just whatever it is man just like work on a tone work on a lyric or whatever it is there'll be the third day or whatever you'll be like oh shit i just stumbled on this um so i think you do have to put in the work um even if the the results are not massive um you know in comparison to how much work you're putting in and it's also the worst job in the world to have because the productivity is enforced on you by authority um, if you're not feeling good about yourself because a day off is an easy option. Yeah. Like there can be a day where you go, fuck it. I'm not going out to the shed. I'm watching wedding crashers for the eight fucking time. And I'm going to ignore all the shit and rely on the fact that I've done all this shit in my career. I don't need this. I'm already established. It must be tough to like not rest on the laurels. It, it, it That must be a constant mental battle. And that sounds like a great day, by the way, I'd love to watch wedding crashers with you. Um, but yeah, I, I have, you know, I, I've, realized i've struggled with like ocd and I, and i remember saying this to my mom she's like everyone has this but i was like okay but like i struggle with like ocd thoughts and like i know everyone does have that kind of shit where you just but i just can't stop like i can't sit down and be like i'm gonna take some time off i'm always thinking like i gotta do more i gotta do better i gotta get shit done i gotta you know so she's kind of right in saying we all have ocd it's the denial of ocd which is the real problem it's hell. I have the most mental thoughts. They're nearly addictive, though. You know they're not going to fucking serve you well, but you nearly feel yeah. guilty for not revisiting them. And they can be the most irrational things in the world. And even if you're doing well and doing something good or loving the people you should love or being kind to the people you should love, there's just this thing to say self-sabotage it because you're not good enough to deserve that love. So this is a bullshit thought that you have to act on because you think you're a piece of shit, really. OCD is horrible. It is. It's paralyzing. It also has this other side of it, though, that can make you uh, perform quicker or be so in touch with your brain because you have such a negative self-talk that it has this ability to pop out a positive inner monologue that is the opposite of that, that gives you these little spurts of self-belief. As someone who is absolutely riddled with OCD, I mean, I've touched and licked TVs a certain amount of times the night before big events. If Manchester United are playing, I have to fucking scratch the same poster four times <laughs> still to this day. 
but uh, I, I kind of think OCD does give you a self-awareness. I agree with you. It's not just negative, right? It's, and it can't, it's not just a problem. Like OCD thoughts, I think can be positive because, and I think a lot of, a lot of artists, uh, you know, or creative people, I hate saying artists, um, they, it, it's, it's a positive thing because they can, they can be creative really quickly and have so many great ideas within a short amount of time. Um, I, so I don't see it as a negative all the time, but I, but I do agree with you um, that it can, it can be paralyzing. It can be awful. Um, but I see it as a positive as well. It gives you a relationship with yourself. You know what I mean? It, it, it gives you the ability. Yeah. It, it, when you have OCD, the one thing about OCD, you, you know, you're OCDing the fuck out of it. <laughs> you, sure. you're, you're not going, what's wrong with me? You don't get those lows that just make you go, I'm not in control of this. You kind of beat yourself up whilst having OCD, but you just can't manage it. You're just fighting it, but you're still in a fight. It keeps you active. The OCD cunts have energy. <laughs> That's you right, know, baby. Are you going to do a full album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got tons. I got I got a bunch of songs ready to go, really. Um, and I'm still just writing because it's a new thing for me. Um, I'm eager to keep to keep creating it, but it's all timing, right? Like we were talking earlier about like, it's, it's a, it's, there is a business element too, right? Like how do I, how do I get the most people to hear my music? Cause that's what I want. I want, you know, it's not, not necessarily about the money, but I just, I want people to hear this stuff. You know, I, you I know, do like, you, you know, first, the new but... hair color and the, and the new image is, is that a commercial thought like viewing yourself as an actor and a commodity or is that kind of an inner feeling people do when they have new albums? Cause I've seen a lot of people do, we have a new album, we have a new look. And now that you're kind of doing yeah. more of a rap kind of hip hop thing, you look more like that than Mikey Shoes slapping bass. It's it's kind of a less rock and roll look without generalizing. Is that deliberate or is that just a representation of your inner thoughts now? The fact that you're actually spitting like Eminem behind microphone. Well, I th <laughs> I think uh, it was just. I mean, I, dude, when I was young, I used to dye my hair different color every day. Like you know, uh, I hadn't done it in a long time. Um, but I do think, you know, it's not like I'm like, I'm trying to be this person now, but it does allow you, I think in a way, like, like the way Bowie did, right. When he had a new record, it was like, he looked different. The artwork was different. The sound was different. Everything was different. He was like, because I want, cause I want to like, it's not just about this song. It's, 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 it's a full artistic endeavor and I want it to be fully realized and so I don't know what me dyeing my hair has anything to do with uh, the music because <laughs> yeah, I think it has absolutely nothing to do with the music. But I just think it allowed me to be like, this is something different from this. And I want it. I want to be sure that people don't see it as a side project. It's the guy from Queens of Stonehenge, which is inevitable. Mm. Um, but when I first started this, I was like, I don't want to I, I kind of don't want to use my name. I don't want anyone to know who it is can i wear a mask no that's stupid but like what can i do to like be like have this music just live on its own um again it was impossible um so i succumbed to it but that's kind of the reason i think it's just like all right fresh start you know that's why people shave their heads right i, I haven't done it in a long time since i was probably 14 but it's like i was i thought about shaving my head or it's just like it's not about it's not about what it is and what it looks like. It's like I'm not like you want to look like a skinhead, but it's like this feeling of like rebirth. And I think mm. that was the reason for it. Do you know who Jose Mourinho is? No. 
he was a, he's this iconic soccer as you guys would call it football manager when the wins are a necessity and not a want he shaves his head and gets prepared for battle there it you does, go it does have a kind of a spiritual implication the hair definitely that's why i started wearing suits with mini mansions um it wasn't like i mean it was like let's look good but also it was like the feeling of putting on whatever it is um but some kind of uniform yeah where you go on stage it's like okay i mean business now i'm going to go do this thing and i'm not just like and i respect people that are just like oh i just the look of like i just walked off the street and walked right on the stage i respect that too but for me it's like i like to have this mindset and have this like new skin that you put on you're like yeah time for this now you know what I mean? So does the current one just kind of represent self-comfort and being true to yourself and knowing yourself better than you did when you were younger? So now the current outfit, it's kind of, you're not necessarily, you're not in a suit anymore, you're not in jeans, you're kind of, you're ready to do a jog at all times. Because <laughs> you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I'm comfortable. Well, so I'm wearing comfortable clothing. Well, it's funny, when I saw my uh, my friend, is, is a Scottish promoter, I was in Glasgow playing a show and I showed up and he's like, he's like, what are you, are you in your pajamas? You know, that's a terrible Scottish accent, but, um, but, uh, and I laugh, but you know, it, it, it's, it is comfortable to play in number one, it's easy to take on and off. <laughs> and it's just, again, another, like, it's like very like blue collar, like I'm going to work kind of outfit. It's a boiler suit, right? That's literally what, I mean, it's literally what it, you know, I think it was for at one point. Right. Yeah. So it's like, that's what it feels like. It's like. Going to work, going to go do this thing, put on my suit, let's go. I don't want to live another day like this In a never-ending existential crisis Just leave me alone with my vices I'll be fine to go and take the night shift I don't want to live another day like this In a never-ending existential crisis Just leave me alone with my vices I'll be fine to go and take the night Shift. The slow killers, never vanilla. I've been missing gone gorilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an extra and thriller, moonwalking just for a fill up. I see more hit than a killer. Pain, I'm a fiend and I always bang. Last but a dream, yeah, it ain't more the same. Man, like Cruella the Villa. I score more than Reggie Miller. That harder than Jerry Stiller. She thinks I'm so fucking chill, but I'm. Quite erratic, emphatic, and somewhat problematic I've been living my life in the age of static Long nights and spotlights make a turn left when you should right And I just might take a big bite from the buffet at the gray white Turn just the vice of our soul eyes are looking sightless One with the punches even if they come from Tyson's It's priceless advice from all the apps and devices And now we're like this got a never-ending existential crisis, yeah I A feather, but I remember to set up and suddenly I surrender. Thank Kevin, she don't mind a scent of cigarettes and leather. I don't feel deleted, defeated, or even slightly cheated. Give myself a beating, it was certainly worth a beating. My fans here were screaming and creaming like Willie Beam. They gave me meaning and feeling, but I still fuck with my demons. 
Never complacent, consider myself lucky adjacent And no one vacant, I'm still bringing on the bacon Been chasing and wasting away, been locked in a basement And know my instincts not basic, fuck I need to go vacation, yeah I don't wanna live concept of a human being and it's something that we try to raise awareness for via social media and all these bullshit mechanisms but the concept of a human being taking their own life is something that for me is um, very interesting because it shows that there's something really wrong with our society and it shows that us as creatures can get to a point that seems unrelatable to the masses so it sometimes run up by guess have you ever been close to suicide no um not for me uh no, I, I don't I don't see it as an option for me ever. I would hope it would never be an option for anyone else. Um, you know, I think have you seen have you seen that Golden Gate um movie about the people that jump off the Golden Gate Bridge? No. But I know that's a I know it's a hot spot. <laughs> it is, man. And like there's this documentary about it. You should go see it. And uh there's survivors. And so they interview a lot of people died, but there's a lot of survivors. And I think it was like 95% or 99% of the survivors said as soon as they jumped off, they regretted it. It's kind of pointless because if, if you're recognizing the pointlessness of life, why give death a point? And by controlling your own death, you're kind of going against your original thought that you didn't choose this life. And we stigmatize it and overrate suicide. We make it too serious. And when you make something too serious, us as citizens, we get kind of addicted to breaking the rules. Suicide shouldn't be laughed at or joked about, but it should be treated with love and just kind of going, guys, come on, leave it out. I mean, there are some great stand-up jokes about suicide. Let me, I mean, let's let's not discuss do you have that. A, do you have any on you? <laughs> no, but I, I love Anthony Jeselnik and he's got a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it, it's not to be taken um, lightly, but it's. I mean, I don't even. Know, I don't even know how to 
because you could say you know generic shit like you know it's not worth there's so much to live for and all this stuff mm. it's like you oh, know there's, no, oh, there's nothing yeah, to there's live so... for mikey and i think when they're finished listening to this they'll realize that well that's that's true that's why i just enjoy it man like th i think the pro i think a lot of i don't know for sure but you know i have had people that have um died of suicide died of you know overdoses um because basically we're just trying to kill the pain anyway um have you, ever, have you ever smoked heroin no too far um i think i maybe when i was young like someone put some on top but i've never i've never gone in that i've never done that stuff no folks so. heroin's it doesn't matter how it's just not cool yeah no i'm not i'm not it's not mikey schumann uh thank you for the unique and honest and open conversation what an insight into your creative life and uh keep doing what you're doing i hope you enjoyed your uh time on the ma show you know what, Ma? Uh, I I think I think it's true that this is probably the best and most insightful uh, and introspective interview I've ever done. Great to hear that from a from a man like you. Keep doing what you're doing. Cheers, man. Thank oh, you. Man. It's been how many years, my boy? You still don't know my tears of joy. No need to go, just take it slow Podcast. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine What's it Makes me see the light What about those tears? My eyes, the hell's a makeup, it makes me feel alright.